Welcome to the Surviving Second Gen Podcast, where we candidly discuss the mental health impacts of being a second generation immigrant in America. I'm your host, Jennifer Ippolit, a Haitian American child of two immigrant parents, as well as a licensed mental health counselor. My hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling heard, understood, and empowered to apply tangible takeaways that can help you navigate all the things that come with being second gen. All right, here we go. So this is episode five of the Surviving Second Gen podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Ippolite, and I'm back with another episode. Um, and this episode, um, literally, I don't even have like a outline for this episode. Like I have an idea of like what I want to say and what I'm going to say, but... <sighs> I don't even like it. It's a lot. It's a lot. And this is something that I've had in my mind for a while. But again, I didn't know how to really, I didn't know if I could really be real about it. I didn't know if I could really go there. But um, I'm realizing that like, this is what this is about. This is what this podcast is about. It's about going there. And being real about the experience of being a second generation immigrant. So, yeah, I I can't like not have this part and I can't sugarcoat this piece of it. So what I want to talk about today basically is the differentiation that happens in um, immigrant households, especially immigrant households, especially POC households. So we're talking about black and brown immigrants for the most part and the differentiation that happens, uh, with us and black Americans. So what am I talking about? Let's break some things down. Okay. So when we're talking about black Americans, we're talking about individuals who don't have an immigrant background, right? So whose, whose parents are both from the United States as far as, you know, they know, right? Um, so we're talking about black people in the United States whose parents, either one or both of them, are not from another country outside of the U.S. So... As far back as they know, their parents are just black, right? If you ask them, you know, where they're from, they might tell you just like a state um, in the in the country, but not necessarily like they have ethnic roots that they can go back to. And sometimes they have it, but they don't know it. But they're they're basically either they don't have that connection or they they literally don't know how to have that connection. Like there's something that for them, they're not connected to their ethnic background. So on that level, that's what I mean by black Americans, right? So black Americans are different 
than than child of immigrants, right? Because child of immigrants usually can connect to their ethnic background at least one generation up. So a black American may connect to their ethnic background, but it may be a few generations, right? So this is not always how it is. It depends on the individual, but for the sake of this podcast and what I'm trying the what I'm trying to talk about, that's where we're getting to. Um, that's what would define a Black American who you know someone who doesn't have that connection to their ethnic background. So both their parents are American versus a child of immigrants who has one or two of their parents being an immigrant, right? So that's how they are differentiated ethnically, but we're both black, right? Race, right? But we'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that. Basically, I come from a Haitian background, right? And I know for other ethnicities, like I was saying before, uh, where people are black or brown, there has been a basically indoctrination uh, that happens to make sure that you know that you are not a black American. So for example, in my household, I was very much told that I am Haitian. You know, I was born on American soil, but I'm Haitian. My parents are Haitian. My siblings are Haitian. Everybody Haitian, you know. And for that reason, I am set apart from individuals who are black American. Um, I'm set apart from white people, right? Because I'm not white. Um, And there were conversations in my household about being different because you're not white those conversations happen but the conversations about not being black american were more happening way more than the conversations about not being white crazy right like they just were so i feel like a lot of black american households Based on conversations that I have with black Americans who don't have connections to their ethnic background, because when I say black people, I could be talking about immigrants. So based on people who are black Americans, some of the conversations that they had in their households were very much around race, right? So them being a black person and how they are different from white people because they're black how they have to see the world from a different lens and experience the world from a different lens because they are black. And those were the messages that they got for, you know, all of their life about, you know, you know, understanding that, how to navigate that, um, you know, what that means for them, what it means for their children, what it means for their families, um, when it comes to dating, when it comes to where you live, your environment, the workplace, all of these things were things that were communicated and talked about for the most part for a lot of black Americans. When it came to conversations in my household and households of other people that I've talked to who have um, an ethnic background that is not American, it was very much about you being in this country your family coming from another country, you're not like these black Americans, okay? You 
stand out. You are special. And because you're special before, because you stand out, because you're not like them, you need to do your best. You need to show out and you need to do things um, in a way that sets you apart from them. And I'm just being real. Okay. I'm just being real right now. Like those were the things that were um, expressed. Those are, those were the conversations that were there's it's it's so nuanced because I don't believe that my parents and other parents who did this understood what they were doing. I don't think they understood the separation that they were creating when there wasn't a separation that needed to be created. I think because of the immigrant parents um pride in who they are and what they've accomplished and how they've accomplished it in the way that they've accomplished it set a uh, a way for them to feel like they had to constantly make that known because they were not like the others and I don't know if that makes sense because even within Caribbean countries when I think about the pride, there was also separation there. Like where it was just like, we're not Jamaican. We're not, <laughs> you know, we're not Guyanese. We're not this. We're not like, you know, we're not this. We're not that. We're Haitian. And because we're Haitian, we do this. We do that. This is how we show up. This is how we're bomb, blah, 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 blah. Right. And again, there was a separation that was created there that I do not believe that was that needed to be created, but it was it was a way to big up and pride yourself that made it really divisive, divisive. Um, And I remember feeling weird about it. (laughs) I know, like, because I had black American friends, like I grew up. I grew up in, I grew up in Queens, New York. Shout out to Queens Village. Shout out to Shadyville. Um, And on my block, there were, so we had uh, Jamaicans. I'm trying to think of like like all my friends. I had a Jamaican friend on my block. I had a Guyanese friend. I had actually more than one Guyanese friend. Um, Indians lived next door to us. Um, I had a friend from El Salvador. Um, I had a Puerto Rican friend. Okay, that's all I could think about so far. So we had all these different types of people on our block. But I had a black American friend. And she was the only black American on the block, which is funny. Because, again, like, where I lived, it's like everybody was from somewhere outside of the U.S. Um, so I had her and I also had other people, um, like that I went to school with that were, you know, just black if you ask them. But I remember feeling bad because I knew that in my household, my parents were making it almost like a competition with black Americans that I had to always like be on top. And then I had to go to school and be in my neighborhood and interact with them. And I was like confused. I was like, why why am I competing why 
So what is the reason that, you know, we have to do better than them and we have to show up in a way that is better? Like, what is the reason? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. And it made things awkward because I felt bad. Like, I felt bad for my Black American friends who I felt like my, you know, my parents in their eyes um, almost had this. And I think it goes, uh, it goes even back to um, their trust and wanting to be able to trust um, people and feel like they can be a part of a culture where they fit in, right? So think about the immigrant experience. Coming from a country, your home country, having to leave that country, coming to a new country and trying to fit in and trying to make sense of things and trying to, you know, uh, assimilate. And I think for a lot of people from all different ethnicities, they try to create communities. That's why there's, you know, different communities in different places like you know, like if you go to Brooklyn, you know, you're going to find a group of Haitians in Brooklyn. Like there's a Haitian community there or, you know, there's a Haitian community in Miami, right? Like we have places where if you're coming from a certain ethnic background, you know that your community is there. And of course, that's done to be able to survive, to be able to get by, to be able to do what you have to do. And it makes sense. And I think that coming into this country and having to navigate that and also having to navigate all different types of people, um, basically having ideas about you, um, whether it's white people black people, other type of people, um, white people or black people, you have to then try to figure out who you can connect with, who you can't connect with. And I think that there's almost this, uh, this way that people from immigrant backgrounds, uh, differentiate the, differentiate black Americans from, their own ethnic identity is because they don't understand the identity of being black American. I don't know if that makes sense, right? So when we think about immigrants and they're coming from their home country, if they're a black and brown person, there was no racism in their native country, right? Like, you know, Haiti, for example, my parents grew up in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> there was no racism where they had to, you know, deal with another race and all this, the nuances of racism in the 50s and 60s in Haiti versus if they were growing up in the 50s and 60s in America, that's a whole different story, right? So because of that, right, they're coming into America not understanding the deep, how deep racism is rooted in America. So I think what happens is when they see um, black Americans and what they do and how they are and um, how they present themselves, 
uh, how they think. There's a confusion there because it doesn't look like how they think and how they understand and how they see themselves, even though we're the same race. Okay. So, I mean, if you think about like the, the collectivism that I was talking about in the most recent episode and how that is so, um, important for, um, immigrant parents, for immigrants and how that really helps them feel to be, how that helps them to thrive, helps them to feel comfortable and all of that, um, that's rooted in African culture. That's, that's rooted in our blood. Like that's how we were really made to survive and how to live in, in, in this world and in this life with each other. That's, that's how it was supposed to be done. And of course, when you think about, um, when you think about black Americans and then them being ripped away from being ripped away from Africa and being sent to other nations where by the time they got to the U.S., a lot of those deep rooted values and ways of being were stripped. And sometimes it had to be because they had to survive in that way. That's one thing I think that is different in the in that the collectivism, say with a lot of ethnicities, because it wasn't too far removed from our origin of Africa versus all the things that had to happen before a a African born slave got to the US and all the values and all the things that had to be stripped of them to make it to the US and make it in the US. Um, I think that that's one of the differences where I think that immigrants do not see the collectivism in the way that they see it and understand it and value it in their native country. And I think that can make it hard to uh, want to connect or feel like they should connect with someone who doesn't see and have and understand that same value right it's tough because um that's you know that's for example is something that they can't help that's um something that you know (laughs) is rooted in racism and having to traverse that that created this difference in how in how they do that you know in showing up in that way that, among other things, are some of the values that are hard to connect with. And I think that's where the separation uh, has started and has perpetuated because there are value differences that sometimes show up. And it wasn't until I began to learn more about Black American history, uh, the history of Black people in America, that I understood that yes, we are different. And yes, those differences are important. However, we are both black. (laughs) At the end of the day, we are both black. So I say that to say, I value being Haitian. I value it so much. And there's not, 
I don't think there's anyone who knows me personally that doesn't know that I'm Haitian, right? Because so much of what I know culturally is is Haitian culture. And there's so much, again, because I wasn't raised as a black American, there's so much culturally in the black culture that for a while I didn't connect with because I did, I just, that just wasn't something that happened in my household. Like, like I said, like the talks about race, that wasn't a talk. It wasn't, I didn't, we didn't really talk about race. We talked more about ethnicity um, or food, for example, like, you know, traditional food that is connected to the black culture are not things that I grew up eating because my parents only cooked Haitian food. Like that's all we ate and we didn't go out to eat. <laughs> so that's all I knew, like just certain different cultural, um, parts of the co- black cultural, um, life I did not know and I wasn't privy to and it wasn't until old I got older and had experiences mostly in college I would say um because that's when I didn't live in New York anymore where I and I lived in the south where I saw um the nuances of black American culture and what that looks like and had an understanding, deeper understanding from people's personal experiences, as well as being in college and the classes that I took that helped me understand the Black American experience so much deeper. I remember when I was in undergrad and I took African American psychology, that's when I was like, so like, I am pro-Black. I am like, and it's not like I've not been, it's not like I grew up and I didn't know I was black. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I, I definitely always knew I was black, but it's just like relating to the black identity looks different for me. It looked different for me. I related to the Haitian identity and I tried to uh, mesh that with the American identity but the black identity that took some time it like crept in little by little to the to the place where i'm at now where i understand my blackness as well as my haitianness <laughs> okay that's what i'm trying to say like i had to have my own uh experiences and understanding of certain things for me to really understand what it meant to be not just Haitian, but also black. So for example, right? I feel like there's ways that in my life I've been discriminated against for being Haitian or having a Haitian background versus discriminated against for being black. And I'll give you an example. So so one time, and this is like a vivid example that I've had that I have, I've been like profiled and discriminated against on different in different ways but one time I walked into the beauty supply store and if you're a black woman you know what I mean like your local beautiful beauty supply store run by Asians and I was I walked in and I was you know wearing my work clothes had to pick up some stuff and I remember as soon as I was in there there was a girl just eyeing me a worker there who was eyeing me just watching me And then 
as I began to walk up and down different aisles, she followed me down each aisle that I went into. Went down one aisle, she followed me, walked, followed me, like just literally was profiling me the whole time. And I remember I was so mad. I was so mad because I was like, like, why? What? What? What makes you feel like because I'm just black, you felt like you had to profile me in this store. So mad, right? Um, so I had that experience, right? Where I, I knew that this particular incident was happening to me because I was black. And there was an inc- but there was an incident where I was profiled or I was with my mom and I knew that this happened to us because she was an immigrant. So me and my mom were on a Delta flight together and I have already like complained to Delta about this and, you know, figured it out and everything like that. So it's, it's all taken care of at this point, but so I could tell the story now. Um, but I was on a Delta flight with my mom and we were sitting in the emergency room emergency row seats and you know when you sit in those seats they always have the flight attendant come and give you a little spiel of like you know this is what you do in this seat and this is your responsibility and then they like confirm if you're able to you know uh actually complete the responsibilities in the case of an emergency so you know we're getting on the flight and we're getting into our seats and we're sitting down and of course i'm talking to my mom we're talking to each other in creole she's also speaking to me in english and my mom has a heavy accent so um my mom speaks english but her accent is very heavy so so yeah like if you talk to my mom it's gonna be obvious that you know she's an immigrant so we sit down and then the flight attendant starts doing the spiel or whatever and then she stops after she says like the first like two sentences and she looks directly at my mom and like is asking my mom do you understand what I just said and I was just I I I was as silent as I was just right now like I was just like wait a minute, like, why, why did this lady just ask my mom if she understood? Out of all the six people sitting in the row, she specifically looked and asked my mom if she understood what was being said. So my mom says, yes. Lady keeps talking again, um, finishes another sentence and asks my mom again, specifically. This is the, she, my mom is the only person that she asks, do you understand what I'm saying? So then at this point, I'm like, oh, heck no. Like, clearly she's asking my mom this because she feels like my mom doesn't understand English. And where she's getting the assumption from, I don't know. We, You don't know us. We haven't talked to you. We didn't tell you that, you know, my mom don't speak English. Oh, it's because she has an accent? You're assuming that she doesn't speak English and doesn't understand? So I think after the second or third time that she acts, I tell the flight attendant because I I get so protective of my mom when I can see that she's di- getting discriminated against because she has an accent or she's an immigrant. Like I get so like, and it's, it's happened in different instances, like where people will act like my mom is slow 
or like like they treat her like she's dumb because she like asks for somebody to repeat something or she doesn't understand something but that's that's not even what happened in this situation like I said like my mom was just sitting there listening like everybody else and my the flight attendant singled singled her out and I think it's because she already heard us conversing with each other and she heard that my mom had an accent she assumed she assumed that my mom didn't speak English and kept trying to see if my mom understood what was being said. And I called the flight attendant out. I was like, why do you keep asking her that? And then the the flight attendants were just like, oh, I, I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure. And I'm like, why? What are you making sure of? Like, what makes you think that she doesn't understand? Well, I was just trying to make sure. And I was just like, no, don't ask her any more questions. You can keep going with your, with your, you know, spiel. And she she kept going because I I was so upset because I was just like, this is like a freaking like violation. Like, how dare you? How dare you make an assumption about what my mom can and cannot understand, you know, because of what you heard? Anyways, you know, having those two experiences is how I was able to, and many others, is how I was able to see that, you know, there is a difference, of course, with my ethnic identity, my immigrant identity, and uh, my black identity, right? But at the end of the day, I'm still black, right? At the end of the day, all the people who, who their race is black, we're still black. And at the end of the day... <laughs> No matter where I go, people will see and know that I am black before anything else, right? So when people see me and look at me, they just see me as black. It's not until I open my mouth and say that I'm from a particular country or I have a particular ethnic background that they, you know, may be intrigued or they're like, oh, okay. And, but as far as like, just me navigating this world, I'm black before I'm Haitian. And that's just what it is because that's how society is set up, right? Like that's how society sets things up in that the race is seen before anything else. For my parents, they are black before anything else. Once they open their mouth, they don't have to say that they're Haitian. Most people are gonna figure out they're an immigrant from their accent, but that's when people will know you're so and so but as far as you know you being what you are and you showing up in this world and navigating this world you is black (laughs) we is black um and that is what really was salient to me um because I feel like growing up my ethnic identity was what was most salient in that I was Haitian before anything else But I feel like as I grew up to be an adult, um, my blackness and being black was more salient because that's just how the world saw me. I'm saying this because I believe these conversations need to be had. Um, It's just the reality of how a lot of us were raised and taught to believe. And I feel like there needs to be a coming together of identities Right. So, yes, trying to traverse your ethnic identity and incorporate that with the American identity and culture and ideals and beliefs. But 
having it also come together to create your black identity and relating to that and having an understanding of that so you don't feel like you're an other in that identity and in that culture, but you feel like you're a part of it and that you feel connected to it and that there isn't this separation with you and other people who don't identify as the same ethnic identity as you. You know, um, that you can feel like you two are connected, even though you don't have the same proximity to your ethnic origin. Because at the end of the day, we all have the connection to our ethnic background. Like that's there, that's real. But some people have a closer connection to it than others, right? Because there's people who have come straight from the soil to this land that we called U.S. and we're all here but this is all not our homes (laughs) this is all not the place that we were supposed to be in our native land the native soil the native space that we were meant to be in so we all have that in common it's the proximity to our ethnic backgrounds that separate us so Keeping that in mind when we have certain conversations, I think will help us connect to each other and help us remember how much more alike we are than different. Um, Because that ultimately is how we stay in the collectivist mindset, how we can have the way in which we connect with each other and have each other's back in a way that we we um, are not used to um, because of the separation that has been created and almost this um, delineation of who is better than or shows shows up in a better way than the other. But if we all understand who we are rooted in who we are, then that collectivism between Black Americans and immigrant Americans can be a beautiful meshing. (laughs) It can be a beautiful thing where we all are working together to elevate ourselves as a whole, the Black race as a whole. That's what I want. That's what I want for the communities because, again, it took a lot for me to realize how similar we are. Yes, we are different. And yes, my ethnicity is important to me. However, yes, there is sameness. And yes, there is power in that sameness. And there's advantages to that sameness. And there's so much that we can do with that sameness. That can drive us to a different place that we have not, may have not been for decades, if not centuries. You picking up what I'm putting down? So I hope that uh, thought process and um, that thought process and the way that I'm um, describing it has you thinking some things. So yeah, that's for me what I want. That's what I hope to see. Um, And I think this generation of um, immigrant children have the ability to make that happen. I think we have so much more awareness and so much more um openness to have having these conversations than generations prior and we've learned so much more 
and understand how to navigate so much more than generations prior. So I feel like this generation right here, like the millennials of the uh, second gen population is what's really going to make this happen. So I don't know. I don't know what we have to do. We have to do some kind of conference, some type of something to start these conversations. Because for me, like, I I think back to how I've felt in the past about, um, you know, this competition that was almost there to learning things on my own to how I feel now and 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 how much I want to do to bring that togetherness and really help us understand who we are as a unit, like as a unit and still have the ability to talk about the different things and share the different things that make us unique, but understand who we are as a unit. Like I want that. I want that. I really do. So I can go on, but yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Um, but thank you so much for thinking, uh, just listening to really my free thoughts in this episode. Cause I didn't even have an outline. I was just thinking out loud. Um, so if you have any input on this conversation and you understand where I'm coming from or don't understand where I'm coming from respectfully, um, go ahead and let me know on the YouTube channel, um, comment what you're thinking about this conversation because I want to hear other people's thoughts. Thank you so much for listening, tuning into this week's episode of Surviving Second Gen. I will see you all in the next one. If you enjoyed this episode or the podcast as a whole, go ahead and leave a five-star review on the podcast page and tell us what you got from this podcast. This allows this podcast to gain more traction and get to the ears of the individuals who want to hear this content. Don't forget to follow this page and share this episode with somebody you know.